It's good to be back up here in Hespaba. Is that good? Did that work? Hespaba. Hepsaba. Hepsaba. Yeah, it's good to be here anyway in Augusta again. You know, as we you sang that song tonight, as I sang that, uh, that last verse, Trust and Obey, this is perfect, but do we mean it? This is faith promise right here. It says, then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. Now, which way is Jesus walking? For the salvation of souls, Amen. His whole thing was faith, promise, missions, giving, so and going to all the world, preach the gospel to every. What he says we will do. Are you going to? He's going to tell you what to put in this uh, missions offering at the end of the month. Now, you just sang that. Did you mean it? Where he sends, we will go. Maybe some of you young ones need to take my place in Australia. Amen. They need church planners over there. Amen. Never fear, only trust and obey. So I'm hoping that it just struck me as we were singing that. I thought that's missions. That's missions right up and down, right then and there. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to be very long tonight. I have to leave. I have to go right after the services. I got to drive back to uh, to Brunswick. Uh, now some of you may not know, but my job, the Lord has given me a ministry. I, I actually do the removals for funeral homes in the corner, and I take into my care those who have passed on to the other side. And we're so short on help right now, and I need to get back down there and, and get back into it. And uh, it's, it's been a wonderful thing. I, I know what you're probably thinking, that's all gross. It's not gross at all. I get to help folk. Amen. And what better way uh, to help them than in their time of dire need? Uh, our son passed away, passed away five years ago, so I can empathize uh, with these people who've lost their loved ones. So I will be leaving straight after the service. If you turn to Luke chapter 5, while you're turning there, What, what was the old saying? We can pray, believe, and receive, or we can pout, doubt, and do without. One of the two. But I had a lady, uh, I, didn't even, I just came across this. I, I just put it away. And uh, a lady in Australia gave this to me. And it's called the river. It says, one day three men were hiking and unexpectedly came up on a large, raging, violent river. They needed to get to the other side but had no idea how to do so. The first man prayed to God saying, please God, give me the strength to cross this river. Poof, God gave him big arms and strong legs and he was able to swim across the river in about two hours after almost drowning a couple of times. Seeing this, the second man prayed to God, saying, Please, God, give me the strength and the tools to cross the river. Poof. God gave him a rowboat, and he was able to row across the river in about an hour after almost capsizing the boat a couple of times. 
third man had seen how this worked out for the other two, so he also prayed to God, saying, Please, God, give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river. And poof, God turned him into a woman. <laughs> she looked at the map, hiked upstream a couple of hundred meters, then walked across the bridge. <laughs> this woman thought that was funny, but I wrote my own answer below it. We know this is a fairy tale because God hadn't created anything since the sixth day. And even if he would have, he wouldn't have turned a whole man into a woman because all it takes is one rib. <laughs> if he used a whole man's body, she would have been superwoman, which we all know is just a comic book character. And a real clincher that proves it's just a fairy tale is the fact that we all know that women can't read maps... And she wouldn't have walked anywhere, she would have taken a car. <laughs> so, that'll teach you, ladies, don't give me anything like that, amen, to build yourself up. It won't work. <laughs> Harry Ironside made a saying one time, I've been, uh, I've been, I've heard it, I've been called this when I was trying to raise my support. Oh, here comes another moochinary. God help you. Missionaries, Ironside said, missionaries are never beggars. They are ambassadors who give us an opportunity to become partners by giving our dollars while they give their lives. Amen. If you don't want to give, then go. You've got to do one of the two to get it done. Amen. As I said, I'm not going to be very long. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to teach a, a principle of faith promise. I may have said this last time I was here, but the words faith promise together as faith promise are not found in the Bible. You won't find it. Faith promise is a principle. Well, in that case, if it's not found in the Bible, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you realize, what's this book called? The Bible. It's not, Bible is not found in the Bible. So don't use it. Amen. I mean, it's about as silly as the fact that well, I, it's, if it's just a principle, well, it's, it's a lot of things are principles in the Bible, amen? But from our story in Luke chapter 5, let me, let's read uh, first of all. Luke chapter 5, look at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let your nets down for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will put into missions. Will we say the same thing? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now, Father in heaven, I've enjoyed being here. I love this church. I love the pastor, this family. The, the people in the church treated me nothing but very gracious and, and very hospitable and, and so kind to me. And I, I appreciate that. Now, Lord, this, this church is being blessed beyond measure. I can see it from the last time I was here. 
that uh, there's an excitement here that not in many churches I go into that have this. So they need to hold on to it and not just take it for granted. Same thing with missions. We can't take it for granted that people overseas, somebody will reach them, somebody will go, some other, somebody else will give. We can't do that. We've got to realize it's our responsibility. And I want to show that tonight, how we can help in worldwide evangelism out of Luke chapter 5. Now, thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me... Uh, Well, I'll find it here sooner or later somewhere. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so in our story, I want to show you this principle of faith promise. Now, not everyone will agree with what I teach about faith promise but, and how I teach it. But if I'm wrong, I'm the one that's going to have to pay for it, judgment seat of Christ. Amen. But it is the word of God. And I don't think you get me plainer than the way I teach it. It's about as simple as you can possibly get. Amen. But I'm the one I have to answer. But I want to preach this evening on launch out a little way. Launch out a little way. Look again at verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. In this verse, we see the people had come for one purpose. What was that purpose they came? To what? Hear the word of God. Exactly right. And... Look at these verses in, in verse 1. Uh, and it came past, he's pressing me to hear the word. He stood by the lake. Uh, um, they came, well, anyway, they come to hear the word. I got news for you. There are people all over the world who are still wanting to hear the, the word of God. Amen. I mean, uh, believe it or not, there are still people in America who are anxious to hear the word of God, even though from the time I got saved 39 years ago today, it's a whole lot different. I know when I first got saved uh, 39 years ago, our church, I was in Bible college, and we had to go out. We had a soul-winning day. We had soul-winning nights at church where everybody would go door to door. I remember many a door I've knocked on and talked to people, and people accepted Jesus Christ, and we gave them John and Romans, and, and we would witness to them and everything. You don't have that anymore. I've been saved 39 years, and not one single independent Baptist has ever knocked on my door. Never. I have never, and don't come up to me after church and get, hand, hand me a track. I have never received one gospel track from anybody. Period. My wife had three given to her. They can see she needs to be saved. I guess I don't. But, <laughs> so we see, number one, the world wants to hear the word of God. And number two, it's evident that Jesus wanted them to hear. Look at verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. He sat down and taught them. He saw that they wanted to hear, so he obliged them. <clears throat> now, I want to look back also in, in verse 1. Notice those words. And uh, the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. So I looked up the word press because I didn't, I didn't quite understand what it was actually saying in, in the full context. I looked it up and it means to actually lay upon him. 
They were pushing him. They were about to drown him. Everybody was coming so close. They all wanted to hear. They were forcing him back into the water itself. They started to lay up. Wouldn't it be great to have people like that today? I mean, I got news for you. In some parts of the world today, they still press upon the missionary to hear the word of God. In Mexico, the missionaries go away. They hand out Bibles down there. And people are crying and begging, please, please, I need a Bible. Please don't go away. Well, <coughs> we don't have that. We, should, we shouldn't judge the rest of the world by the apathetic condition of America. Amen. And we have gone downhill in the 39 years I've been saved. I'm sorry. We have. I mean, but uh, we're, we're used to having the opportunity to hear. Not so in China. I mean, they'll put you in jail over there for preaching the gospel, amen. You're not allowed to do that. So from this story, we see, number one, people wanting to hear, and number two, Jesus wanting to tell. Now, let's look at some other obvious things in the story. <coughs> First, I want you to look at uh, some words here. In, the, in verse one, underline the word uh, Wait a minute. Where did I see that at? And it came past Preston where he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, notice the word, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, you can put next to that, that's the shore. That's where he was standing. Look at verse 2. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. Now, that piece of land by the lake is called a shore. And notice in verse, uh, the words in verse 3, And uh, he entered into one of the ships with Simons and prayed to him who was thrust out a little from the land. Now let me tell you, I want to show you tonight what the shore represents in this story. What I want it to represent as far as faith promise. The shore is where you are standing at present in your faith promise giving. That's where you are. You're on the shore. By that, I mean you need to decide where you're standing in, in light of worldwide evangelism right now, right at this point. You know in your mind what you give per week or per month or whatever you give it. Whatever your present missions giving is right now is your shore. All right? So you got that located? Locate in your mind where you're standing in reference, uh, reference to your effort monetarily in worldwide evangelism in this past year. In other words, what did you give in total to the missions project of this church in 2022 to 2023? And by the way, even if, even if you're standing at zero, that's your shore. Amen. You're still on the shore somewhere. So locate where you are in your mind. I'll give you a second. Just think about it. You got it? Now let me say this, wherever you are is not sufficient. Well, that's, that's your opinion. What do you mean, Brother Bartlett? I mean it was necessary for these men to move to a different location if they were going to be the connecting link of the world wanting to hear and Jesus wanting to be able to tell them. We are the connecting link of people dying and going to hell all over the world, Amen. Well, I can't go everywhere. I understand that. That's why you give to missions, so others can go. Well, I can't, I, I can't go overseas. You can go to Augusta. Yes. Yeah. 
You can go to your neighbors, can't you? You can go to the person to the gas station. You can go to Walmart. What I try to do, if I go to Sam's or I go to Walmart or anything else, and, uh, and usually they'll say, how are you today? Well, I'm, I'm fabulous. I'm wonderful now that I've seen you. And then, uh, oh, well, thank you. I said, you know, that's the friendliest church in town and looking for friendly people just like you. And give them a track. You mean you carry tracks, Brother Bartlett? Yeah, I got a pocket full here. And I give them out, too. I was trying to give them out today, but the pastor's son beat me to it. I almost smacked him. <laughs> I was trying my best to give those people come up to, an older couple were coming up, and I said, boy, isn't it a blessing to see a dad bring his daughter to lunch? <laughs> and I knew it was his wife. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's so cute. And I was going to give him a track, and then he, he beat me to it. <laughs> Smart Ellie. What about you? How many of you handed out this week? How many people have you talked to? See, this is your Jerusalem. We're, the mission is to support Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. That's, we got to get somebody. We can't just, we're, we're just so selfish to our, uh, in America nowadays, aren't we? Me, my four, no more. Well, God help you. There's people dying going to hell right here in your own community. You know, the obituary paper is, is not a, uh, uh, a place to witness to, amen? That's, that's not a place you're going to find people to get saved. See, today you need to move to a different location. What you were doing last year was not sufficient. Why? There are more people in the world this year than there were last year. The world's getting bigger, and missionaries are getting fewer and fewer and fewer, and so are independent, good independent Baptist churches like this one. We've got the truth. Amen. Why do we hold it to ourselves? And I'm, gonna say, I'm not saying everybody in here does that. I'm sure some of you are good witnesses. But if you're under conviction, then that's God making you under conviction, not me, Amen. But there are more people being born that are dying. The next thing when you see in this story is the ships. Look at verse 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake. Look at now. Look at verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him he would thrust out a little from the land. Now the ships represent solving the need that Jesus had. And I'm aware Jesus as God doesn't have needs. But Jesus, as man, had a need. Amen? Amen. And his need was ships. Now, remember in our story, people wanted to hear. Jesus certainly had a desire that they would hear. Otherwise, he wouldn't give us all the Mark 16, 15s and, and Matthew 28, 19, 20 and all that. So something had to be done by the people of God, the Christians, if this was to come about. The ships represent what they, the Christians, could uh, contribute to solve the need that Jesus had. He couldn't preach to them on the shore because of the press. They had to push him in the water and drown him, amen? He had to move to a different location if a job was going to get done. And for him to move to a different location and get the job done, 
they had to surrender their ships. In a real sense, if the job is going to get done that Jesus wants done, you folks are going to have to surrender something. There are ships in your bay tied up to your dock that you have to cut loose if the job is going to get done. You say, Brother Bartley, I only have a rickety old rowboat. I don't have a cabin cruiser to give. Now let me blow your mind about faith promise giving. Faith promise giving is not making a promise and having God give you what you don't have as you're deciding how much you can trust God to replace of what you do have. You understand that? Well, God, if you'll give me $100 a week, I'll put it in. It doesn't work that way. The issue is not that I'm going to promise a cabin cruiser to God if you give me the cabin cruiser. The, 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 the issue is I've got the rowboat. I don't have the cabin cruiser, but I do have a rowboat. And I'm going to promise it to God and trust God to replace that rowboat that I've tied up at his pier. These men had ships. Now hold your hand there and go to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to prove what I'm saying. I've, I've heard faith promise even in my home church. They've had guys come in and I almost wanted to blow my stack and, and, and get up and say, You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong what you're saying. Acts chapter 3. Because I've had them come into our, our church and, and say, you know, just tell God that you're going to promise $100 and he'll give it to you. What if he doesn't? You put $100 on your faith promise card, the church is trusting in that $100 to pay the missionaries, and you don't put it in? It don't work that way. Amen? Acts chapter 3, let me prove what I'm saying. Uh, in verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. He said, I don't have silver and gold. He says, the only thing I've got for you, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and, and, and uh, rise up and walk. He says, I can give you healing, but I don't, I, I don't have any silver and gold, so I'm not going to promise silver and gold for, for, uh, to put it into the project because I don't have it. Peter didn't give what he didn't have, he gave what he had. In other words, you got to, when you promise this, this money, you ought to have it. <laughs> don't promise something you don't have, or it'll mess the mission budget all to pieces. As I said this morning, God gave faith promise style. How many daughters did, give, uh, did God uh, give? None. Why? He didn't have any. What did he have? What did he give? Yeah. Did he get him back? Amen. Did he get any more back besides him? I'm one of them. If you're saved, that's faith promise at work. That's his sons and daughters. Amen. Now, keep a hand there in Luke 5. Look at, uh, turn over to, uh, oh, Acts 11. Acts 11. I, I just want to get this straight. I think I mentioned this uh, four years ago, but I, I, I always keep saying this 
because I don't want people promising something they don't have. You'll be disappointed when it doesn't come in, amen? Acts chapter 11 and verse 29. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which uh, dwelt at Judea. They didn't send something they didn't have. They sent what would, according to their ability. What did they have to send to Judea? That's what they sent. They didn't send any more, amen? God does not hold me accountable for what I don't have, but he does hold me accountable for what I do have. And the question tonight is, how many of those ships you got tied up in your dock are you going to be willing to cut loose? Those ships called dollars. Got them tied up? How many are you going to put into the project? Go back over to Luke 5, please. Look again at uh, verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships which Simon's and prayed him he would thrust out a little from the land. So here we see them shoving off. I mean, watch as that ship goes sailing out. These ships go sailing out. I mean, the ships have been released by their owners. We see them putting their ships into the project that Jesus had need of. We see them thrusting out from the land. We see them moving out from the shore, moving from where they were. They were going to a new location. Now locate where you were in 2022 for missions. Now he says to you tonight, thrust out a little. Notice two things about thrusting out, and you'll like this. Look again at verse 3. And he entered one of the ships which was Simon's, and he prayed him, and he would thrust out a little from the land. See, you may not have to be, you may be so involved in missions already, you don't have to thrust out a, a long way to be pleasing to God. Amen. You may be already, uh, I mean, I know in Australia I had a lady that gave 90% of her income to, to missions. In, a, in one of the, I, I don't, I think it, she said, I'm fine. I can live on a 10%. She tithed and she gave the other 90% to missions. I guess she was rich. But. So what does it mean? What does little mean? For some it may mean $25 a month, maybe $50 a month. For others, it may be $500 a month. I don't, my last, I'll be honest with you, I've got up to a point now where I, only, I don't thrust out a, a large, large amount when, like I did when I first got saved. Every year, it seems like I've doubled it. I can't keep doubling. It's ridiculous. So I, I don't put in as much, I don't thrust out as far as I used to, amen. But every year, I thrust out and have Ever since I've been saved. Folks, if every adult here would thrust out an average of $10 a week, what would happen to your missions program? I mean, you got an average of 90 people in here. Let's say only 50 are givers. That's $500 more a week over top of what you're giving now. That's $2,000 a month. You could support a lot of missionaries for that, amen. And, and as I was talking to your pastor tonight, sometimes it's better not to take on more missionaries because the poor missionaries are on the field have already lost support. Why not give them a raise every once in a while? Just add. Well, you can't give a raise if, if the thing doesn't increase, amen. If everyone would shove out little, others wouldn't have to shove out so far and take up the slack. 
This would help missionaries to be sent further and quicker and less people would wind up dying going to hell. That 15 months that I spent in America running all over 167 churches, I, didn't, I was in my home church uh, once, no, for 15 months I, didn't, I wasn't in my home church on any Sunday for 15 straight months. 167 churches I went around, I wanted to get to Australia quickly, amen. Do you realize that every country has an obituary page in the paper? You had one today. Folks, a graveyard is not a mission field. If you don't believe that, go down to one tonight and stand there at the, at the, the, the headstone and, and try to get them saved. Now, I know people up in Washington get them to vote, but you can't get them to... <laughs> You, you can't get them saved, amen. I wish everyone here would be as concerned about this mission offering as the heathen would be if they knew it was taking place, amen. Folks, let's launch out a little. It doesn't necessarily have to be far, but I promise you, you can't stay on the shore. Here's something I want you to think about as the church receives the offerings for missions this month. When you shove off, he's in the ship with you. Look at verse 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And prayed to him, and thrust out a little from land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. That ought to give you peace, amen. amen. Brother Bartlett, what should I give this month? Give what you would give if you knew he was in it. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't think that God is in something, uh, well, uh, you just browbeated me into giving something I don't want to give. Please, I don't want to do that. Don't do that. You ought to give with a liberal and willing heart. Amen. Don't do anything you don't think he's in. You say, that's dangerous. Nobody will give much. No, that's safe. That's safe because I'll tell you what, you'll have some big uh, missions offering come in and all of a sudden uh, a month, two down the road, it's not coming in. For you to promise something that he's not in would hurt you spiritually. You make sure what you're going to do is that he's in it. You'd wind up getting bitter at God and the preacher and the church if he's not in it. Now look at the next thing about verse 3. He sat down and taught the people. He entered one of the ships and prayed to him, thrust out a little flint. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. He, now he was able to reach the people from the new location because these people had put into the project what he needed to do his evangelism with. What about the people who slide, uh, supplied the ships? You always talk about, well, you'll get it back and you'll get back more. How do you prove it out of this chapter? Easy. Look at verse 2. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. These men were washing their nets. As long as they were, they kept the ships for their own use, they were not prospering. They, wouldn't, they weren't catching a single fish. They weren't making a single dollar for themselves. They were doing nothing but sitting there and washing stinking nets. 
But notice what happened when they allowed their ships to be used in worldwide evangelism. Verse 4, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing, nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a, enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Obedience and surrender of their ships brought them prosperity. I'm not preaching prosperity theology. I'm just telling you it's just a fact. If you give, you'll get it back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? You'll find out you will get your faith problems back, and you'll get interest. You'll get more. Amen. You'll get your ship back, and you get some, a lot of fish with it. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't like fish. Well, maybe you can get shrimp around Georgia. <laughs> Amen. When Jesus was finished, they had their ships back plus fish. Obedience brought back more than they started with. He taught, they caught. How many read the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000? Huh? No, you haven't. He didn't feed a one. Gave disciples and they fed him, amen. But what about the little lad? Well, we, they, mom gave me this lunch and I sure would like to keep it for myself. And boy, I, I'm awful hungry and I don't think I want to put this into the project with you, Jesus. I'm thinking that was, he's probably had that as mom. Mom's going to be mad at me if, if I found out that I gave away my lunch to the work of the Lord. We did it anyway. See those disciples going home carrying those big seven baskets? What happened to you, son? Where did you get all this? He said, I got involved in faith promise. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Look at verse 9. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. Why don't you untie your ship's calls dollars this month and see if God won't astonish you by loading down your boat and this next year so full, it seems like your ship is sinking with joy. Amen. That's the simplest way I can explain faith promise to you. I've been involved in it for 39 years. I'm debt free. The Lord has blessed me. Uh, I bought a house for a, when we came back and I, it, it, I, the people about, just about gave it away because they've been on the market for two years. And uh, uh, I, I kept that for about uh, seven years or so. And, and uh, a couple of years ago, when the price was so high, I sold it and was able to pay for my new little retirement house complete. You mean, oh, what? Yeah. In fact, the people, when they bought my house, I had a price on it. And they told a realtor, we'll pay the price. They didn't bicker. They didn't say we'll go down or anything else. They said, in fact, we'll give him $10,000 more than what he's asking. I'm involved in faith promise, folks. That's all I can say. And I know it works. And if you trust the Lord, it'll work for you also. 
It's been a pleasure being with you. I enjoy being here. I promise you that. Preacher, you come take over.